Hi there and welcome to In Conversation. I'm your host, Brett Rogers. This week on In, which you can find on Instagram at thisisin underscore underscore, we'll be delving into cannabis culture. There can be no denying cannabis culture's immense groundswell with the decriminalization of home use cannabis, the culture has gone totally mainstream. People chomping at the bit to get involved in business ventures. Some have even started emerging in a very gray area of legality. We speak to a few people in the industry this week. We speak to a consumer, a seller, an activist, and an entrepreneur. In today's episode of In Conversation, I speak with Reed entrepreneur and activist Tyron Platt to get his insights into the importance of cannabis legalization and what opportunities in amongst the dangers there are for budding, sorry, weed aficionados. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi guys, my name is Tyrone Platt. I'm a cannabis activist, I'm an entrepreneur, and the overall cannabis connoisseur, enthusiast. So, cannabis yeah. connoisseur and enthu- enthusiast. Yeah. I'm not the other things, but I'm certainly an enthusiast yeah, over the last yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyrone, we seem to be living in a very strange, schizophrenic state in South yeah, Africa, yeah, yeah. as far as legalization is concerned, decriminalization. Yeah. How do you see the current state of, um, of cannabis culture in South Africa? Um, the current state is quite, it's quite a gray area at the moment. It's not really uh, something that we are, are quite happy with. Um, look, we are, we are very grateful that there has been a change, but um, it's far too open to interpretation at the moment, the law. What, what do you mean um, a gray area? So a gray area in that when the judge ruled... Um, in this um, constitutional court ruling, he left it open. He didn't say that you could buy cannabis, you could purchase it. He basically just said it's legal for private use at home. It's legal for cultivation at home. He didn't stipulate how much plants you could mm-hmm. keep at home. He didn't stipulate that you could purchase it, and it's legal to sell it. And so they, those gray areas, they can step in when they want to step in and arrest people if they feel like it because, it, oh, you went over a certain amount or a certain amount of money. or Exactly. So you could have one plant or you could have 10 plants. And it's, it's actually up to the cop who's deciding who sees your plants or even if you have a banker on you. Hmm. Um, you know but what I mean? So That must be um, a difficult space for a, a person who's an entrepreneur in the cannabis space, it must be very difficult for you to think about the businesses that you're getting into. No, it's extremely difficult um, because we we don't actually um, know what direction it's going in. So it's it's kind of like riding a bull, the way I describe it. <laughs> it's a bit of a rodeo show at the moment. It's a bit of like we don't know what way it's going to fall. Like you just got to kind of go with the flow. Um, but it's it's really um, it's a shame that it is that way because we have the opportunity here to to build a industry from the ground up yeah there's so much young entrepreneurs waiting for this opportunity and the, the, the country is uh, is extremely hungry for opportunities to to economically change our lives right yeah yeah and uh, i would imagine there's lots and lots of economic opportunity for for the country and for the populace um in legalizing uh, marijuana yes no of course it's uh, um i think they estimated at 20 6.5 billion US dollars annually for the continent oh of Africa. For the continent, yeah. For the continent. But I mean, obviously, we have a huge stake in that. And us as a nation, we consume a lot of cannabis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's it's something that, um, look, it can benefit the people on the ground, especially in the rural areas where cannabis has been grown for, for I mean, since for as far back as we can go back and see it's, it's a part of our culture, um, especially the Khoisan people. We've hmm. always been growing cannabis, especially on the Cape Flats in Cape Town. 
in throughout Africa. It's so as um, so for me, I understand cannabis culture and kind of a, maybe a more modern context, um, yeah, yeah. a um, a more consumer context rather than a spiritual context. Um, you mentioned the Khoisan people. Um, are you Khoisan or, or from that line? Well, I, I identify myself as that because us as colored people, I feel we mm. don't have like a heritage other than that, you know what I mean? But so then the Khoisan people have been growing it for millennia. The, there's a spiritual aspect to, to exactly, the product. Exactly. And for as a Rastafarian also, it, it is our sacrament. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what we use to, to pray with. It's what we use to connect to the Creator, and it's it's for us. It's it's deeply symbolic of a of a higher power, of a higher force, which is God, hmm. and um, it's centered to our healing and you know what I mean, our spirituality. I've spoken so. to many people, and I suppose that um, the idea of cannabis, um, marijuana, weed, whatever we want to call it, um, I've heard so many people speak about it as a medicine not as a drug, not as something that we're using to party, but as an actual medicine. Exactly. And I think people don't realize when, when you are faced with a situation of, of either of death, of imminent death, or of just of general discomfort every day, pain, like the, the inability to, to just do a daily task or function like you would normally function in a day due to pain or disease. And here's something that offers you that relief instantly without the side effects, without the addiction of some of the other chemical or pharmaceutical drugs. And mm. here you have this in front of you and you can make, you can grow it yourself. You can make your medicine yourself and the government is telling you, no, you can't due to whatever reason that doesn't really make sense to you morally or well, I scientifically mean, or in any in any. So why do, you think, why do you think the government is so reticent to, to uh, legalize? Look, it's, it's a conservative faction within government within within the world that that is has been succumbed to years of brainwashing and propaganda misinformation about the plant so it, these things can all be proven it's like we go back to the reefer madness and we go back to the states where it all became uh, it all came down to a, a racial um a racially targeted situation where where because you found the user of cannabis especially in america was either African-American or Mexican. Hmm. And at, at the time, it did not fit into the Eurocentric ideal of, of this white man, this image that they had of a, of a certain, like a Western type of a point of view, you know what I mean? And they, yeah, they viewed yeah. these, these characters as undesirable. Well, the characters were already, as far as they were concerned, undesirable. And now they were using a product and they were like, and, oh, both and, of you are undesirable. And now they're bringing this, this foreign culture, this foreign thing, mm. which is they're not used to and they bring it and they sing it as it's tainting. So you would find this like posters like, oh, uh, a Mexican who smokes marijuana has the strength of three white men. Wow. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? These it's incredible what propaganda can do. It, People don't understand that exactly. that propaganda really works. It works on us all the time. Exactly. And then you get like with the jazz musicians, um, because you had these African-American jazz musos who were so-called so high on cannabis, making this music that would make people... Devil music. Devil music, and mm. they're making people rebel against the system. But it's actually, you know what I'm saying? And what's interesting is it can be traced back not to America, but to South Africa in 1918, where we were the first country in the whole wide world to actually criminalize cannabis. Were we really? And it, it was called the Cooley Act. You're joking. Because God, we were fucked up. Hey? Yeah, oh my God. because it was the, the Indians who, who were working on the, the cane fields who brought 
this cannabis indica with him from India mm. and it was stronger and it was more potent than the cannabis we were apparently used to and they gave it to the locals and the locals bred it with their cannabis and that's how you got strains like Durban Poison mm-hmm. and it was just that enlightenment they didn't like because now people, if you, if you think of what cannabis does to you, it, it, it opens up your mind. It makes you more aware of your surroundings, your environment. Mm-hmm. It makes you take in more. So I think I, people started to question when they, you know what I mean? They started, why am I going down this black hole? Why am I working in the cane field all day? Yeah. So they were like, no, uh, this Dachai is making the people lazy. But it was it, just enli- enlightening them. It was just enlightening them and making them more aware of these inhumane conditions that we were working in. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a problem to, yeah. to authority. You know what I'm saying? So, so okay. So what would we say to people who... So people have genuine fears. So let's say um, we have... Uh, there's fears of like causing schizophrenia okay. or, um, or laziness or... Okay. Um, Overeating, or I'm just trying to like okay. suck up the, the yeah. possible true negatives out there. So, okay. what would we say to people who have legitimate concerns about about legalization? Okay, so the that is um, one of the, the the points that, like, um, so to say, the the op- the, the opposition, mm. the people opposing cannabis are making is the schizophrenia thing. But it's literally like if you look at the statistics, you would find that out of a hundred people. One out of a hundred people would be predisposed to schizophrenia, hmm. and even that in itself is very complex because of that one in a hundred people, half of those people would actually find benefit from cannabis, hmm. and even in that situation, schizophrenia can be triggered by many many other things like sugar, mm-hmm. trauma. So it becomes when you talk about mental health, I think it becomes very very complex because there is no, it's it's what. They, it's, it's like a perception. Mm. On a perception it's, it's thing. It's not really a science. It's not yeah. like they can look into the brain and see, okay, this is like, it's not always a case like that. It's just a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Mm. Opinion based. Opinion uh, based on what people are telling them is wrong with them. So yeah. it's, you understand. And then. And let alone all the chemicals that we are given to on a daily basis, which are legal anyway with horrific side effects. Exactly. So it's a very, very complex thing. You know what I'm saying? So why mm. should, if you're looking at it from that point of view, it's like even half of those people are. It could help them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? From, from a more positive perspective, yeah. um, so um, I, I'm seeing a lot of interesting changes in yeah. perspective um, since the decriminalization. Um, if for instance, my, my own parents. Um, so they've always seen uh, marijuana as kind of like on the same level as heroin. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, like heroin and yeah. cannabis, <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going down a dark road to yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... I've seen them as we've started to talk about CBDs and we started to yeah. talk about trizemes and of all the, the actual benefits that I've seen their, their opinion, not switch, but certainly soften um, to the point where for the first time ever I smoked yeah. in front of them, I was having a particularly bad life <laughs> and uh, they were feeling sorry for me. So I thought, yeah. okay, this is my moment. Where I'm just going to like push them over yeah, the edge yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And um, my mom was like, what's that? I'm like, that's, it's marijuana, mom. Mm. It's, it's a joint. She's like, oh. <laughs> and that was it, you know, yeah, and then I smoked yeah. it and, and nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't go on a raging murder spree yeah. and, uh, and she I was, saw, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing changes all over the show. Um, mm. the people are, who are approaching cannabis with a different idea, with mm. um, a more openness and yeah, that, yeah. that must please you to a degree. No, definitely. Um, there is a lot of good publicity around cannabis. There, there are a lot of, um, for example, when I, I worked at the cannabis convention and 
the dynamic of the people that you saw walking in there. It was literally from young people to old people, mothers coming with their sons, and like I was it like, must have been shocking. It was shocking from all walks of like <laughs> picture like from all walks of life, every race, every from Christian, Muslim, black, white, farmers with their walking in with their with their farm. Marijuana um, isn't racist. It's not. You know what I'm saying. So mm. it, it was beautiful to see from that point of view, and you can see this change coming. And everybody's just like wanting to grow. Yeah. Everybody's wanting to grow. And it's amazing. It's I mean, they were even selling grow kits at Stark Airs, they, I saw. They're selling grow, grow kits at Stark Airs. That is um, unbelievable, bro. Yeah. Like, how did that even happen? It's absolutely incredible yeah, yeah. to go from, like, the horrors yeah. um, of the last 15, yeah. 20 years to people buying grow kits and, yeah. you know, older people buying grow kits to grow their own medicine yeah. for the Alzheimer's and, and for other pains that they have. Yeah. Um, what, kind of, um, what kind of businesses are you currently involved in? Uh, with cannabis okay so the businesses that i'm involved in is i'm trying to be as legally as legal as i can possibly be within the framework of this constitution that we have at the moment so i'm more involved in things like soil selling soil Um, i'm involved with a couple of seed companies that i'm not distributing yet but i'm in communication with them they send me sample seeds over i give it out to test growers Uh, i try and get the genetics out there Mm. just to start to create brand awareness and marketing around certain seed companies that I am involved with. And then also from a cultural point of view, I've been in, involved in a lot of events. And I see the culture as a as a very good footing forward to kind of change the perception mm. is by growing the culture. Because as people attend these 420 events, they realize that there's a whole world of 420 entertainment, of events, of we can actually like, be ourselves now. It's a whole it's a whole lifestyle culture it's thing, right? Like exactly. Clothing, fashion. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, so. Humor. <laughs> uh, even, I mean, we've been watching stoner comedies since the dawn of time, right? There's exactly. entire... Chi Chen Chong. And yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's that culture that we're kind of trying to um, make uniquely South African now because I think it's, it's you would agree that we are unique. Hmm. So we can't just adopt like an American culture or a Canadian or a Spanish or a Dutch culture. We I mean, look, we yeah. have we, we have an opportunity to grow our own. Exactly, there are certain things we would we would import and we would adopt hmm. and adapt to our to our culture. But I think we have we have such a unique landscape in South Africa with our constitution as well, and it's actually our um, our constitution that is actually so amazing. Like we have this real fancy constitution that nobody else has in the world. Yeah. We honestly have one of the best constitutions in the world, and we should make it work to our advantage. If we can't make this work in South Africa, it's kind of like a, an atrocity against mankind because we show we, we, we're basically letting our constitution be trod all over mm. and be, be disrespected in, in, the, in such an horrendous way if we don't make use of this opportunity. Yeah. It's like being opportunities and not taking it. It's, that's not, it's your fault. You, we have to take those opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's still not easy, right? There's still a lot of danger out there, I would imagine. There, there's a lot of danger out there. There's a lot of arrests taking place. Um, you have to understand the government is trying to, at the moment, like clean up shop, if you will, for good reasons and bad reasons. There, there are a lot of um, what we call like snake oil. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's sub-quality product. So um, 
And when there's no legislation, that's often the case. There's no, there's no legis because of there's no, there's no infrastructure in place. There's no gatekeeping process in place. Um, there's no standards. So there are people out there making products at home, selling them, and those are the ones that are leading to bad publicity because it's not actually it's not necessarily the cannabis. But if you if you're making cannabis products with something that's been contaminated with insecticides. Yeah. yeah. And you're giving it to somebody who's already got a compromised immune system like AIDS or cancer or anything. Mm. It's, it's obviously, it's not going to be good for them. Well, that you is such an interesting it's problem, man. I hadn't even thought about that. that you know what I'm saying? With, 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 criminal, with, with, with criminalization being, uh, with sales being criminalized or buying being criminalized, you're actually preventing the opportunity to look after people who are going to be buying it and are going to be selling it. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, I even experienced yeah. a, a few years ago where I bought... Um, uh, joined from uh, Melville Cargard, which was my yeah. own fault, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> um, and I, I spoke yeah. a bit of it, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah. what is this? This is not. This is not going well for yeah, me." Yeah. And I peeled it open, and it was just tobacco. It, it was, was just only tobacco, tobacco that was uh, dipped in benzene or something. Apparently. Oh my word, dude! Yeah. <laughs> come now, this is not safe, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um. So, what would you say to the people who are anti-legalization? What are we going to say to them? Well, we're going to say to them, look at the facts and the figures. Mm. Um, don't just draw assumptions based on what, what you think it makes sense. Like, for example, the first thing people assume about legalization is, oh, teen use is going to go up. Uh, all the kids are going to be smoking dacha. Kids but, are already smoking dacha. But, yeah, look at the, <laughs> look at the, look at the statistics. Mm. Look at every place where cannabis has been decriminalized mm -hmm. and teen use went down, not up. Wow. So the other thing they say is like, oh, everyone's going to be duck on the roads and people's going to make accidents and uh, it's going to be like a great. Mm. But I mean, again, look at the statistics and the scientific evidence that smoking cannabis doesn't affect your driving like negatively. It actually, the only thing that actually scientifically is, uh, that is proven is that it makes you drive a little bit slower. So <laughs> doesn't so sound like a bad idea. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, so people's going to maybe be driving a bit slower, but it's not. I think people have this perception that once cannabis is legal, people who who didn't smoke before, they're just going to go out and they're going to start smoking copious amounts of cannabis because it's it's legal, and mm -hmm. that's that's not the the case, you know. And also, thing. those then kind of <clears throat> excuse me, those kind of things tend to plateau and stabilize. You know, there might be a little bit of excitement for a couple of months, exactly. And then, yeah. I mean, we're even seeing it with. Um, um, millennials drinking less, exercising more. Yeah, uh, millennials look after themselves far, far better than than our they generation do. ever did, and they're they they're conscious. So even yeah. if they even if it is legalized, they're still going to be conscious about what they're putting in their bodies, just like they're conscious about where their smoothie comes from, where their meat comes from. Like yeah. this is is this healthy? Yes, it is. Cool, I'll use it. If it's not, I'll be more careful with what I'm doing. Exactly. And it's not um, like it's going to be rampant. Yeah, weed in the streets. Yeah. And that's why you also find this trend overseas when you, when you look at um, soda sales going down, beer sales are going down, cannabis sales are going up. Mm. Be it's because of these millennials that, that are more health conscious, that are, are re that are realizing there's a safer way and a better way to have fun than to go out and getting drunk. Yeah. You can use cannabis and the next day you're not going to be hungover. You're not going to have bruises from fighting in the streets. Fight. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a culture change that is, that is happening. So... It is something that we, we have to shift towards over here. 
we have to realize that potential, you know what I mean? I really like that idea of creating our own culture, that a yeah. South African culture yeah. Um, yeah. is such an interesting um, open opportunity for the country to actually look and go, hey, this is who we are. Yeah. And we can grow who we are and, and mm. benefit, benefit off of it, both fiscally, but also spiritually, like this is part of our world. And I think that mm. a lot of South Africans don't, um, me in particular, being a white guy, I don't have a culture. You know, like it's uh, no dis- like Afrikaans people have a culture, but I'm a, you know, soda peel, you know, <laughs> English speaking white guy from Joburg. I don't have yeah. any culture. Yeah. Um, and this is something that can all draw us together. Can, we can all be part of this, regardless of whether we smoke or imbibe mm. in the herb. We, we are, can all be part of the industry and, and what makes it good. 100%. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there in saying that a lot of us don't have a culture mm. like South Africans certain like you say they are we we are a lot of different nations under one nation and this is one thing that actually unites us all we all have like we all are to benefit from this and we all enjoy it together and that's the one thing i noticed that the 420 events and and all the the things i've been going to is that the the diversity of culture mm. and the coming together of of people our herb unites people from all over the world i've met the most amazing people uh, from all over the world and I have no idea this plant is going to take me to amazing places in the world and bring more amazing people into my life. It's just, it's just been an amazing journey and what's, what's made it possible is this plant. Tyron, um, how can people find out more about what you do? I, I don't know if you want to be talking okay. about that or no. but whatever you'd like to, to promote, um, let's go for it. So, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, we have a group on Facebook called The Stoner's Guide to Cape Town which it's something, it's, it's, we started it a couple of months back, and it was just an idea that I had one day. Like, uh, I, I just noticed um, the popularity of the cannabis groups, like on Facebook, like the Cannabis Club of South Africa, and I noticed that it was more surrounding, like, growing. And um, there's, like, so much people on these groups, and there's so much growers, and I just thought, okay, there's not much for, like, culture. So I started this this group to kind of grow the culture in Cape Town because there are there are a couple there were a couple of things happening, but people didn't know like where is the four twenty friendly places, where are these events and what is like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I I kind of created this group as to guide the people like the stoners guide. So you can <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. So it's and then it, it kind of just like blew up like kind of instantly, like from it went from like hundred and fifty members to like uh, to 300 to now we're like on three three and a half thousand in like very it's like a couple of months yeah and every day the membership just increases and people are recognizing where we go like oh stone's guy to cape town like, it's, it's it's like you know what i'm saying it's cool it's like it's cool that people have this and it's it's not like when i started the group i, I was very specific and i said like it's not my this is not my group like it doesn't belong to me it's mm. our group it's mm. we we need to grow this culture and anybody can use this to promote events and to promote anything within the cannabis industry and to grow the culture. So amazing! That's where I've been. That's where I've been at. Awesome, Tyron. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming around and no check problem. out the Stoner's Guide to Cape Town. To Cape Town and check out the Weed Show. We have the Weed Show. Uh, it happens every two weeks. We it's the venue. We keep it a secret because that's how we're trying to protect our culture. Mm-hmm. So we don't want cops and we don't want it's our, our right to privacy we have a right to that you know what i'm saying so the weed show how do we maintain your privacy and get people to support you at the same time um 
join the Facebook group, eh? There we join go. The fa- that's how you're going to get all the, 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 the down low on okay. everything, the inside information and stuff that other people aren't privy to. I've got to say, bro, <laughs> a comedy show for stoners sounds like cheating to me, man. That's, that's <laughs> cheating. You've got to have comedy for stoners. No, dude, the best thing about it, like, uh, we don't have any headline comics. Like, we have some good comics coming through, but we never pay them headline money because straight up people don't come for them. Like, we, <laughs> we tell, I mean, dude, like, we tell, dude, people, they're not the year for the weed. Yeah. We could have anybody on the stage, but it's like, <laughs> and then these oaks are like wanting to come through because it's, they're realizing it's so dope. And that's the culture that we could, I think I'm having people like we have a few celebrities here and there contacting me and saying, yo, when can they come make an appearance on the weed show? When can they come? And I'm like, oh, chill, bro. We can't afford you. And they're like, nah, just give me a joint or whatever. You know? so, it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. And that's again, part of it, right? That's part of like the growth. Like it doesn't matter. You're a big star, small star. We're all just building this together. Exactly. And the more people come out of the green closet, it's a, lo- it's a term I love, like since this constitutional court ruling, because so much people have like come out of the closet, like they've yeah. the green closet. They know more like behind. They're like, oh, I'm a cannabis user. Yeah, that's true. The more respectable people in society come out because we 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 normal people, we we successful people. We I mean I've I know stoners who are actors, comedians, chefs, doctors, lawyers, yeah. teachers. I mean any profession you can think of, actuaries. I mean like like some heavy, some heavy brain hitters. Some heavy brain hitters, and I mean I, like you know what I'm saying. Like pe- even people that don't smoke won't be able to do the work that they do. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anybody, it's just like you just need to be intelligent to do certain certain types of work. You know what I mean. And these people are all coming out of the closet and um, that's what we need, you know what I mean? For people to realize we're not just a bunch of dead-dead hippies. Like yeah, it's a bit normal. sad really that in order to justify we need like normal in like, inverted yeah, commas people. It is, it, is a, it is a bit sad, but you know what? We need to go kind of mainstream with us now, I think. We gotta, we gotta. We gotta grab it and, and run with it now. We gotta grab it and, and show, like come out of the closet completely and... Okay, so how do you, where do you see cannabis culture in 10 years' time? I see it as being, it's pop culture. It's, mm. it's, it's not, it's not going to be an underground culture. It's already, it's already submerging with pop culture. It's already on, on the radio, on the TV shows, on TV. When you look at, you, you see it there. There's already this stigma that's been, that's been broken, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, yeah, the taboo, the taboo is definitely um, yeah. is definitely dying, yeah. and and the next step is is legalization. So, yeah. hoping for the best, and um, thanks very much, man. Pleasure, thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome, later. Yeah.